You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, Rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Clone Wars episode, Old Friends Not Forgotten. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Yo, good to be back, Mike. Star Wars fans, hey, and here we are, Mike. We made it. Um, Probably, I don't know, when this was announced, I mean, is there any other animated... um, you know, Star Wars thing that's come out that has had the anticipation of the Siege of Mandalore. I'm, I'm not sure it's arguable, but uh, yeah. wow, we, we made it. And uh, starting off with a bang with the first episode. Maybe, Can't wait to talk about it. maybe the only other time that it's been this exciting was the return uh, to Dathomir, the mm-hmm. Savage Press arc. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, Return of Maul. Uh, well, Maul didn't return in that one, remember? He no, just, no, no. He's just no. hinted at the end. But right. but when we go to Dathomir and we and we meet Savage Opress and and uh, everything happens with Asajj, um, that that arc was uh, you could watch it in the movie theater for one night. So um, and I'm sure that they probably wanted to do something like that for this originally when they were conceiving the 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 finale of the series. I mean, like what a perfect way to um, to to celebrate. May the 4th, um, which I mean, like that's a, that's one piece of news that I guess we'll talk about is that, uh, uh, we're actually going to get the series finale for the clone wars a little bit earlier than anticipated. Um, rather than it coming out the Friday of that week, um, it'll actually be coming out on May the 4th. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. It's going to be an early release, uh, okay. and, uh, specifically to celebrate May the 4th, uh, star Wars day. So, uh, so yeah, uh, we'll actually be getting, we'll be getting the second to last episode and the last episode, uh, just a few days apart, just a couple of days apart, which is really cool. Um, and in fact, that means that our final episode will be a double episode. It'll be a great mm-hmm. big double episode of, uh, of rebel cells. So, um, cause both episodes will be out by the time that we go to record. So, okay. um, Nice. So yeah. Nice. Uh, so that's kind of exciting. You but, think? Uh, do you yeah, think the Twilight ahead. of the Apprentice from the Rebels might have had this kind of a build up with the return of 
uh, well, not return, but Vader coming in and, and that particular, you think that had this kind no, of a way to it? Not I don't really. think it did because Clone uh, Rebels never had the, oh, that's the true. viewers yeah. that that's true. that Clone Wars does. Right. Um, yeah, it's a it's it's an interesting thing. It's you can kind of see it like with Clone Wars. A lot of people didn't jump in because they thought, oh, this is just a Star Wars cartoon. And there are some people who still haven't seen it. People who are Star Wars fans uh, that that still haven't seen it, which is ridiculous to me. But um, I and then with Rebels, there even less people went into that because because even the people who did like Clone Wars got mad because they changed the style. Oh, right. Such a yeah. stupid reason to get upset. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, they didn't follow uh, onto onto that. And then with Resistance even fewer people tuned in and, and not that many people stuck with it. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, I don't think that anything's ever been as, uh, uh, hyped up or as exciting as anticipated. Yeah. yeah, Right. Anticipated as, as the Clone Wars certainly in this last season and this final arc. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that, I think that just about everybody is excited that can be excited. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you know, for me, it also like we'll get into it just just briefly though. I just we had talked about w- this show and where it would end up. I remember we, we talked about this like years and years ago, and this came up a lot. Like, where where is this going to go? Could we see this um, show parallel some of the stuff in, in Revenge of the Sith? And mm-hmm. sure enough, I mean, we find out we did that that did happen. So, man, uh, and, and to hear some stuff online about. You know, George Lucas apparently is still talking to Dave Filoni. Um, I mean, that's a lot of that's coming from the Internet. So sometimes it's, I you know, whether you believe it or not, I don't know. But I'd like to think that George is still kind of in contact somewhat with Filoni, maybe, and talking to him about this series. I mean, this is their series, you know, this is their baby. So you just wonder, you know, but uh, but man, yeah, like a, a fantastic opening and, and a cliffhanger ending. And we're going to talk all about it in a second, I guess. Um you wanted to uh, jump in the news and talk about some – you, you had a theory about celebration that you yeah. teased me with. And I, I'm on the other side. Was I see San Diego Comic-Con saying we're done. I'm thinking, okay, well, celebration has got to be right around the corner, right? But you think differently. That was immediately when, – when Comic-Con got canceled, that sounded to me like, oh, okay – celebration can't be far behind in fact on on the thundercrack podcast quarantine zone on friday i said as much uh mm-hmm. talking to matt campbell i was like there's no way there's no way that this this convention is going to happen um just before we started recording I, I i wanted to do some research and see um ha- are there any updates uh on the status of of star wars celebration and uh and so i i went to this the celebration website there really isn't anything there it's kind of the business as usual over there but there was a there was a little uh banner at the bottom uh, uh that takes you to a press release from uh reed exhibitions which is the company that owns reed pop uh who organize star wars celebration um and uh, i i at the moment, so like, it's it seems like Reed is not that interested in people's safety. I'm just gonna come right out and say that. Uh, <laughs> as a company, it seems like they're much more concerned with their with their pocketbook than they are with uh, 
with with the public safety um and uh, yeah please check the event website for uh, for up-to-date information about an event with regard to the COVID 19 virus our position remains unchanged the health mm. and safety of our exhibitors visitors and staff is our number one priority that's interesting because what follows doesn't sound like that right. currently no federal restrictions are in place to prevent conferences conventions trade shows exhibitions and travel within the united states <laughs> Okay, so within the United States. So immediately you're telling me that your visitors are not your number one priority because I can't travel to the United States right now. Mm-hmm, right. And I don't think I'll be able to really anytime soon. Um, and a lot of people it's from August. overseas and Maybe. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just because August is so far away, they're just gambling on, it, on you know, us being back to normal. I, this is isn't, only... but this isn't, they're not talking about August. This is from April 14th. They're talking about all of their conventions. Oh, okay. And okay. they've got stuff that has been that was pushed from this spring that is rescheduled to as early as as June, oh. as mid-June. Wow. Um and this is their stance. Uh, so uh, customers who wish to participate in our events and who are not impacted by travel restrictions are free to do so. Travel advice and entry guidelines varies from country to country. Our event attendees are encouraged to check the latest travel advice and entry guidelines for their home country and the United States before making arrangements. The, um, the United States has imposed travel restrictions to and from several countries. Like... Uh, and then it should, like it goes on like there, it, this is a much longer press release than one I'm reading, um, but to me it sounds like if they can get away with doing their events, they're gonna do it. Now mm. here's the thing: I did the math with Matt Campbell. Uh, well, we didn't really do the math; we just kind of it was a lot of conjecture, but we kind of talked it out uh, on Friday, and I'll do it here with you. It, if you had to guess out of the 40,000 attendees at Star Wars Celebration, the the geographic makeup of, of where those attendees are coming from, um, and then add that to the number of people who uh, are either um, essential workers, so probably won't be able to get the time off, mm-hmm. uh, who... Um, I, take care of an elderly or, or immunocompromised, uh, uh, dependent, uh, or are themselves immunocompromised. If you add all of those numbers up, I would bet you anything. It's close to half the attendees. Hmm. I, so yeah, that's everybody, like everybody who's, who can't be there because of travel restrictions or can't be there because of, um, work obligations or health concerns. So you're talking about if I'm an exhibitor and you tell me that it costs X dollars to exhibit at Star Wars Celebration, um, you know, back a few months ago, I go, okay, that's, yep, there's going to be forty to 60,000 mm-hmm. people there. Sure. Right. Yeah. I totally yeah. understand. That makes sense. So that, that I can, I can do the math on that and, and do the cost benefit and figure out if it's worth it for me to come to the convention. Um, and then you, you, everything happens and then you look at it and you go, well, will it really be 40,000, 40 to 60,000 people? So I'm guessing it's not going to be, I'm guessing it's definitely not going to be, um, cause I'm not even accounting for people who are just uncomfortable with the idea Mm -hmm. of going to a 
to a convention in August. I mean, like, this is the thing. COVID-19 aside, you go to a convention, you are very likely to get sick. <laughs> right. It's called the con crud. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody gets that. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's very likely. These are the absolute last worst. place you want to be if you yeah, worst conditions, are worried yeah. about getting sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I no amount of Lysol, Purell, hand wipes, and face masks yeah, is going gloves. to make this a safe <laughs> yeah. proposition. And now here's the thing. Obviously, we're we're flattening the curve, right? That's the whole point. We're all in lockdown right now to flatten the curve. That's the thing. It's starting to happen in some places. Obviously, you and I talked about this last week, I think. In California and British Columbia, it's it's happening, right? In yeah, Canada sure. in general, it's happening. Yeah. Um, we are flattening the curve. This is not the time to get cocky. <laughs> uh, it's, no, it's no time to be bold and go like, well, we flattened the curve. Let's all go have a party. Mm-hmm. That's not how this works. Uh, we need to continue to keep the curve flat until it starts to go down and basically until it kind of peters out at which point we can then look at it and go, okay, the risk of spreading of, of, of having another outbreak uh, of this, of this very highly contagious virus is, is unlikely, right? Less Mm -hmm. likely. Um, If we do it now, the, the curve will just pick back up. Right. Because if, if if like, how did it start? It starts with one person or 10 mm-hmm. people. And then those 10 people each come in contact with 10 people. So it's 10 times 10. Now it's a hundred. And then those people come in contact with 10 people. Now it's a mm-hmm. thousand and then it's right. 10,000. Right. Like it's, it's not, I don't think I need to explain this to everybody, but, but until there's, uh, reliable treatment or a vaccine it's just not safe i think this is super irresponsible so the other thing that leads me to believe that they're going to continue that they're going to push forward with star wars celebration in august is that uh, uh penny arcade expo uh which happens in seattle pax west uh 2020 which is set to happen september 4th to 7th this year um they just released an announcement this morning that says, hey there, we hope you're staying safe and healthy in these uncertain times. We tend to be pretty quiet this time of year, but since we've had some questions from fans and exhibitors, we wanted to let you know that as of this moment, this uh, again, this is from this morning, we're still planning on putting together a great PAX West this coming Labor Day weekend, September 4th to 7th for you, and we will be updating our website with more information on badges and hotel registration in the coming months. Our first priority is always your safety, and that extends to issues of public health. As the year progresses, we will continue to monitor the situation and work with health officials at all levels of government and intend to follow all CDC and WHO guidelines as they are released. That said, actions already taken by a convention center and local government have left us us optimistic, and we will continue working with them to make sure we take the correct steps throughout the summer. We look forward to welcoming you home as we always have, but until then, may you give Tom Nook a run for his money and may Sephiroth (laughs) stand defeated in your wake. That's about uh, uh, Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy VII. Um, (laughs) Animal Crossing. That yeah. is a very casual attitude, I think, to be taking to this. Uh, 
the expectation from a lot of health officials is that we're going to see a spike in, right. in COVID-19 again in the fall. Um, so is it a good idea to go to a convention in late August, early September? Is that a good idea? I don't think it is. Mm. They need to delay this convention until next spring. I think they should. And I just wonder if, you know, all the summertime to fall stuff, they're going to go, let's just say things kind of somewhat go back to normal in the next couple months. They're going to maybe leave it up to the attendee. Like, hey, we're going to be open if you, you know, are they going to do that kind of thing? Where, yeah, we're open. And I guess if you feel comfortable going there and and doing it, then you can. But if these these people are saying saying they're going to stay open, it sounds like it's going to be up to each of us to make our own decision on, you know, do we want to risk um, possibly getting sick and going on these things or, or not? So, I, like I said, I'm still blown away that you know San Diego is canceled and they still haven't said anything about celebration. I thought celebration would follow suit pretty quick afterward, but we'll see. Like you said, yeah, uh, reads it different different entity. So, Ugh, I don't know. Yeah, We're so um, taking week by week. No, I mean, like here's the thing. I Comic-Con waited until the absolute last second, yeah. right? Um, celebration is still four months away. Mm-hmm. Comic-Con would have been, what, three months away? Uh, a little bit less yeah. when they announced it. So uh, so there's still time for them to change their 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 story. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I need to look up travel restrictions. Uh Canada to USA. Um, yeah. Uh, travel advisory. Non- avoid non-essential travel outside of Canada until further notice. Hmm. Uh, can I go into the United States? Avoid non-essential. This advisory overrides other risk levels. So, I mean, like, the border's not closed, closed. But I think that if I tried to go for a Star Wars convention... <laughs> They're gonna fly you through and give you an escort. You don't think so? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't think. The decision to travel is your choice, and you're responsible for your personal safety abroad. We take the safety and security of yeah, Canadians abroad kind of very seriously and provide credible and timely information. This content, uh, yeah, there. I mean, like the travel advisory is saying don't, <laughs> but it's right. not saying you can't. Right. So uh, take normal security precautions in the United States. Oh, that's just that's security. That's different. Um, yeah, it's kind of like what I was thinking. It's going to be up to you. Yeah. If it stays open, or if it continues, or doesn't get pushed back, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, it's it is a it's a little crazy. I think uh, avoid all cruise ship travel. Good call. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, if you wouldn't go on a cruise, why would you go to a convention? It's the same mm-hmm. thing. Right. Yeah. Let's definitely. go all lock ourselves in one building for five days, and all touch the same door handles, stand and in lines, and stand in lines next to right each other. next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good uh, luck being socially distant in those places. Exactly. I mean, it just, it's elbow to elbow. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, anyways, I, obviously, we'll keep you guys updated on this uh, I, as as 
the the days go on but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh yeah i don't know i just i like this is the thing i if it does happen in august i think i'm gonna have to cancel yeah. um because i just can't imagine taking a a one-year-old and a three and a yeah, yeah. Before two young point, kids. a one-year-old and a four-year-old sure yeah uh, no. on an airplane yeah through an airport which is even worse than the convention to a convention <laughs> right like yeah you got all the bad stuff all in one right there yeah man. and then to disneyland like if right. we're there we're supposed to be going to disneyland we're not yeah uh the airfare is the thing that costs the most money right so going down it's not like we can go oh we'll go to go to disneyland another time it's like no no no, we could go all in one pop yeah but anyways uh, <laughs> yeah i don't know it's so crazy it's it, it's at this point i'm frustrated because i would i would personally and i'm not speaking for anybody else but i i would personally just rather that they go ahead and and postpone it and just give us a tba of like we'll let you guys know as soon as we have dates for the new convention mm-hmm. um and and just leave it at that i just so that i don't have to be stressed about the concept of whether or not i'm gonna have to decide if i'm going to this right i honestly think that that's the responsible thing to do um i don't know uh before we jump into the episode i'll just note uh, a couple more things uh, uh, before we before we jump into that, uh, one of the other things that was announced last week is that uh, uh, Disney Gallery, which is a new, I guess it's kind of like a new series, um, is going to be premiering on May the fourth as well, um, mm. with the first episode of, of their uh, eight episodes. It's Disney Gallery Star Wars: The Mandalorian, um, and it's going to be an eight part series uh, that goes behind the scenes. Oh, that's gonna be the awesome. Mandalorian, yeah. uh, and yeah. that'll be on Disney Plus starting May the fourth. So, um, that's some other good news. So we just kind of gave you a, a a bad news sandwich. I don't know. I, maybe it's not a bad news sandwich. Maybe if you don't care, uh, if you're one of the people out there with a sign uh, that's protesting a pandemic, you probably are excited about celebration not getting canceled. Um, it's going to be the best celebration ever if it, if it doesn't get canceled, but it will also be the worst celebration ever. Cause I'll tell you this, Crystal and I were talking about it the other night. You think Hayden Christensen's going to show up? <laughs> I know. So that's another thing. You think John Boyega is going to be there? Yeah. Are these people going to show? Do you think Mark yeah. Hamill's going to show up? Yeah. I think Mark Hamill is in his, what? He's in his late sixties. Yeah. He's, he's not showing up. Yeah. He doesn't want to touch your hand. He doesn't want to meet you or talk to you. He's <laughs> yeah, can you imagine all that? Meet and greets and the pictures. Oh, Actually, that's... I guess he doesn't have to travel. He's already in California. but um, So he could just come in to do his panel and just be like, nobody touch me. Everybody stay away from me. Um, and just uh, be extra careful. But yeah, any of the stars that have to travel, any, any, do you like, no. I don't like nope none of the stars will be there it'll yes. it will be yeah. it'll be great because you won't have to wait in a single line you'll just be <laughs> able to go into whatever you want to go into because it'll be like twenty thousand people as opposed to the 40 that it usually is i uh, but yeah like the second that they start announcing like yeah so-and-so is not going to be there so-and-so is not going to be there like then people will start going like, oh, I can't go because of my health restrictions. I want a refund. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. 
No, it's I never even thought about that until you just said that. Like, oh yeah, like yeah. all these. I mean, half the you know a lot of stuff you do there is getting autographs and meeting people and uh, it was panels. It was like, on wow. my list this time around of like, I'm gonna meet Mark Hamill this time because, like, I I will always regret that I never met Carrie Fisher, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I. I, it was always one of those things of like, well, maybe one day I'll get to interview her or talk to her at a, in a press junket or something like that. Right. Meet her on a press line or something. Um, uh, and and then obviously that that never happened for me. And uh, I'm not worried about Mark Hamill going anytime soon. But uh, I, I, I don't want to regret never meeting Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um Harrison Ford will never do meet and greets, but no. <laughs> um, so that one, you just have to hope that you're in the right place at the right time one day and, and get to meet him. But, um, but yeah, uh, that was on my list. It was definitely high on my list of things that I wanted to do at celebration this year. That's not going to be an option. Mm-hmm. I just don't see that being an option. Yeah. Um, well, you know, you're talking about uh, the Mandalorian stuff. That I, I can't wait for that because that's one thing I love to watch is that just how the process, you know, and especially with this new technology they're using to get to go behind the scenes of that. It's going to be really neat to see that in an eight-part it series. Will. Yeah, yeah that would be fun. So looking yeah. forward to um, that. The other thing that, that this isn't really news, just, just to let you guys know, uh, Amanda and I did uh, a, a Rise of Skywalker commentary over on the Thunderquack podcast that you can go get right now it's available right now um and uh you can you can sync up with the rise of skywalker and and watch it as we uh as we talk about it there was a small hiccup in at the very beginning where i i my my because i was watching it off of google play my digital copy and it it buffered <laughs> so mm. there's a minute where it buffers just ignore that just you just keep going because i sync back up with amanda um and uh and it's and it ends up being fine, but uh, just to give everybody heads up, um, that that's there. If you want to hear me talk about the rise of Skywalker at length, um, and uh, I don't know, maybe Matt and I'll do something like that at some point as well. Uh, but uh, I let's get into it. Let's let's All let's right. let's take a second for some ads, and then uh, and then we're gonna get into this episode. I was hoping for Kenobi. Why are you here? They call themselves the Bad Batch. You're a Jedi. Your nobility is a weakness. I don't have such weaknesses. War does not come with a guarantee. No soldier gets the promise of safety. Soon, the galaxy will be remade. Hello, Master. It's been a while. Now it's time for the Clone Wars recap. So, yes, sir! Okay, Old Friends Not Forgotten, directed by Saul Ruiz and written by the man himself, Dave Filoni. Uh, on the distant planet of Yerbana, Commander Cody leads Republic forces against the Separatists, but is in desperate need of reinforcements. Finally, backup arrives in the form of Jedi Generals Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. 
Skywalker, in an effort to draw out the tactical droid, pretends to surrender, and then, with the power of the Force, astonishingly pulls the Separatist commander to his lightsaber blade. I yeah, read the next read the next thing, and then we'll okay. and then we'll yeah, because it kind of goes together. Yeah, that's a big. Uh, uh, meanwhile, Rex and the five hundred first hiding beneath the bridge join the fight, taking to the skies with their jetpacks. The Jedi and clones turn the tide of the battle. But Admiral Yoaren surprisingly calls the Jedi back to the command ship as a transmission from a fulcrum has come in and it demands their attention. So, Mike, first off, I knew that we were in store for something special when that green Lucasfilm Limited uh, came up on the screen. It, t- it kind of shocked me because you're waiting for that boom with the Clone Wars and the, and the music. And then just the quiet, just like the old school, like, oh, okay, this is different. And it switched to the yeah. red, red to the Clone Wars, and then hit, you know, the main theme, obviously. Um, but, man, this episode, a lot of stuff to impact Mike in this first yeah. um, section here. Um, I'll just say, uh, I'll, I'll switch it to you for a sec. Uh, obviously, the Outer Rim is under siege right now. They talk about that. The Separatist launches major offensive. Uh, we get to see General Grievous. Uh, and here's the big thing, the big takeaway I got from this. There's a couple of things, but one, the Jedi generals are sent all over far from the core worlds. They say this, and this is the this is kind of the beauty of Palpatine and the brilliance of Palpatine. He's not even in this episode. I don't know if he's in the siege, but he wanted these experienced Jedi away from the core worlds. He wanted them away from Coruscant because he knew that his plan was getting ready to kick in. Even though you know Anakin's there, which is the man, he had to have Anakin there. But he wanted all these experienced Jedi away from here, and I thought, man, that's just a brilliant move by him. But like I said, a ton of stuff to pa- unpack here, Mike. What, uh, what your thoughts on this opening here? Well, yeah, I mean, he he's already got the Anakin angled covered, right? Because right, right. the plan is Grievous will kidnap me, and the Jedi will send in the, the, the A squad, right? It'll yeah. be Obi Wan and Anakin. Um, which will bring Anakin back to Coruscant, right where he wants him, just in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then he's going to feed them the, the location of Grievous, which is going to get rid of Obi-Wan. Um, yeah, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, look, I, I, are the prequels executed uh, exactly to the, to the, to the, best of their ability no they're not the movies they they definitely have some problems are they poorly written no not even Mm -hmm. a little bit like the story the plot of the prequel trilogy is as solid it's almost like the inverse of the sequel trilogy yeah i I hear that where it's like the the plot of the prequels from phantom menace all the way through attack and then clone wars and then revenge of the sith is like it's all it's all perfect um everybody is where they need to be when they need to be there it's all it's all really really well architected um are the characters great that's eh, debatable some of them are really really flat some of them definitely don't don't work on screen the way that you want them to are the special effects awesome there's some really cool stuff in there but it's also way too reliant on cg um, uh, I shouldn't say CG, but just sort of on 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 uh, special effects rather than practical, um, rather than them being there. There's a lot of practical sets, but they're miniatures, and then we stick our our cast into it via blue mm-hmm. screen and stuff like that. Um, 
I just always am worried about saying like, oh, it's all CG because it's not all CG. But, um, you know, like like there are definitely some problems with the prequels and then the sequel trilogy on the flip side. It's like the 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 practical effects and the and the CG effects are all married together perfectly. The characters are all awesome. The performances are great. Is the plot there? Sometimes. <laughs> right. It's kind of the opposite. And then it's the it's the original trilogy that really manages to do all three. Um, to have great performances with great characters, uh, incredible special effects, and a plot line that is that is pretty perfect. Um, although you know there are two Death Stars in the original trilogy, mm-hmm. I <laughs> had a lot of problem with back then. Um, but I, I, yeah, it th- this just exemplifies how the Clone Wars is the the the. Um, it's like the antidote to all of the prequel hate. Cause every yeah. time, like every time I watch the prequels and then I, I can just kind of hear everybody like hating on them. And, and definitely like, like I get a little bit bored watching the Phantom Menace. I get a, I get a, it's a little cringy when you watch the, the uh, attack of the clones. Um, Revenge of the Sith, I think is probably the best one, but it's a little long in the tooth. Um, there's a lot going on in that movie. It's very, very busy. I, but then I watch the Clone Wars and I go, that's right. I love these characters. <laughs> um, but as I've said a million times on this podcast and on Frontlines, I, Matt Lanter is my Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. When I read a book or, or a comic or whatever and Anakin is in there, that's the voice that I hear in my head, not, not Hayden Christensen. Um, and that's not to take away from Hayden Christensen. I think that he was doing uh, a good job for, for what he was given and uh, and the circumstances under which he was performing. I think he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but he definitely needs a great director, uh, not a great actor's director, to back him up um, and, and help him with his choices. Uh, he didn't get that <laughs> on, right. on the prequels. I, I, Ewan McGregor is definitely Obi-Wan Kenobi, but James Arnold Taylor does a phenomenal job in the Clone Wars, more than capable and has spent more time with that character than, than anyone. So, uh, so which one's the real Obi-Wan Kenobi? The answer is neither and both (laughs) Um, because Hey, Obi-Wan Kenobi's not real. Um, I know it's coming from me. That's probably, that's probably a lot to take, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like some some of the other characters, uh, uh, Padme is certainly better in in the Clone Wars than she is in the in the actual films. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, the clones are more fleshed out. The 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 only character I think that is better in the prequels than they are in the Clone Wars. Not to say that they aren't fantastic in the Clone Wars, but I think the only character that's really truly better is Palpatine. Um, it, and I just yeah, think that, that yeah. you just can't compete sure. with Ian McDiarmid. His sure. physical yeah. performance of that character is so important to it that the animation can get close, but it can't match. It certainly can't match. Even in in um, in Star Wars Rebels, when we had him doing the voice performance and them sort of matching it a little bit more to Ian McDiarmid and a little bit mm-hmm. less of its own thing. Even then, it's still it's close, but it's not. Ian McDiarmid. And as much as I hate that Palpatine is in Rise of Skywalker, 
he nails it. Like, mm-hmm. like oh, I, yeah. I said on the commentary, actually, while we were, while we were uh, watching, we're, we're, I'm griping about all sorts of things in the rise of Skywalker. We're also talking about the things that I love. And, and one of the things that I said, was like, I, uh, you know, one character that that they absolutely nailed in this movie that acts exactly the way that they should, and whose performance is spot on is Palpatine. He's like he's a hundred percent there. <laughs> yeah. Everything that he does is exactly what Palpatine would do. It's not Palpatine I have a problem with. I like that character as the villain. It's just him in that movie um, coming back to life. That's really the 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 thing. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I uh, but uh, yeah, uh, back to the Clone Wars. Let's get back into the Clone Wars. This opening reminds us why the Clone Wars is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this the 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 just sort of dire situation of the battle, um, and and uh, uh, everyone seemingly uh, being I uh, I. Uh, it's sort of like they're it seems like they're gonna lose and then obi-wan shows up uh <laughs> and helps them briefly but even then he's still not he doesn't quite save the day uh because they got to get that tactical droid and then anakin walking out um i've seen some parallels to uh the last jedi with yeah. luke skywalker walking yeah. out to face down the whole first order himself right um although anakin did it for reals um and then uh uh, the parallels back to the to the very first Clone Wars story uh, with the movie and uh, Obi Wan uh, requesting uh, an audience with the with the the Separatist general um, to uh, to negotiate and uh, uh, yeah just all that stuff is so great and then the yeah. clones underneath the bridge R two stuck to it stuck to the side of it it's just. It's such perfect Star Wars. I don't know if there's anything else to say about the opening. It's just perfect Star Wars. Yeah, you talked about Kenobi, and, and I'll tell you what. They're on this planet, uh, Irvana, and Kenobi, out of nowhere, he slices this, um, I don't know, some type of missile. I think it's from the Octoparian droid or, or something like that. But you talk about an entrance. I mean, what an entrance for Kenobi. I was like, oh, that was, that was, that was a baller move right there. I loved it. And then... You know, typical Anakin has to one up, you know, his buddy there. And Anakin yeah. shows up again. He's just he takes it to the next level. And I don't know if you noticed this, but like as he's walking up, like he's standing there, and 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 Obi Wan's looking at him like, you know, get down. What are you doing? You know, it's blaster fire. And they show a shot of him, and he kind of just moves his head out of the way as a blaster kind of uh, blaster shot comes past his head. He kind of just ducks his head a little bit to the yeah. side, really, you know, kind of just. Just, you know, very slightly, just like, oh, I got this, you know. Oh, just super like, oh. casual. Super, super casual. casual. That's what I was <laughs> It's for, so yeah. good. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, and he's just like, we finished our battle. Uh, we thought we'd come and help you with yours, you know. It's just, just taunting Obi-Wan all the time. I love it. Um, and then, and of course, Anakin's surrender plan, Mike, is, this is plan he has. Of course, it's it's a ruse. And, and during this, during this, you know, you talk about the, the 501st underneath the bridge and they fly in a, the finale, uh, the, yeah. uh, was it the, um, the throne room credits, uh, scene or uh, music was playing, correct? Over the finale. Uh, like the over, end of the, the, over, over the end of this particular, um, as soon as Anakin kind of set the plan into motion, all of a sudden you hear the, I don't know if it was the finale theme or the, it was a definite, obviously a, a main star Wars theme. And I, I'm not good on 
theme names, you know, and soundtrack names. You know, I'd ha- I'd have to. There were so many yeah. moments in this episode that I would yeah. have to. Uh, I'd have to bring it up. Yeah, but it, obviously there was some kind of theme in there, a classic theme that they use. And we talked about that last week. I just loved it, and um, it's just funny to see Anakin kind of walk down and go. Or Obi Wan is talking to Cody. Goes, "Hey, you can." You can go join the fun now. You know this is it's fun time. Go ahead and take off. And so just a bunch of great lines and 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 action. It's just everything you want in in Star Wars. And then of course it concludes Mike with uh, Fulcrum contacting Elarm, which is a big thing. He thinks it's uh, Saw Gerrera, but he's soon going to find out. You want to take this next uh, paragraph and we'll talk yeah, about. Yeah, uh, yeah. As they enter the bridge, Anakin is shocked to see that the transmission is from Ahsoka Tano, joined by both Katan. Uh, Bo-Katan Kreese. That's a hard name to say. Yeah. Tano, especially right after saying Ahsoka Tano. Tano has little time for pleasantries and informs her old friends that they have located Maul, renegade Sith Lord. Yeah. And, and here, just the one thing I noticed from this is um, Anakin, and they walk up to this uh, hologram of Ahsoka and Bo-Katan. And I don't know, for me, like it looked like Anakin, like he, for a minute there, he was like a little excited. You know, but he was trying to kind of stay calm and keep his composure. Like, you know, I'm obviously energetic, but it just for me, it looked like he was he had that excitement kind of just boiling in him uh, or just he just wanted to see her and talk to her. And, and it was kind of like holding it back a little bit. I kind of got that vibe from from him as he uh, as he was talking to her. Um, Ahsoka and Bo-Katan soon arrived to discuss matters in person. Maul is on Mandalore in the city of Sundari. But Bo-Katan doesn't have the numbers for a siege. She needs the help of the Republic. Obi-Wan is wary and will not immediately commit clones to the cause, saying he will advise the Council of the development. This angers Bo-Katan, but Kenobi is resolute. So, wow, Mike, uh, there's a little tension here between... And this just shows, you know, that Obi-Wan is so consistent mm-hmm. um, with with everything he does in the Jedi Order. Do you have any thoughts on, the, on, on your boy there, Kenobi? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Bo-Katan definitely, uh, uh, tries to, uh, use Satine's death to, to motivate Obi-Wan, but he's not having any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. which, yeah, I mean, I kind of, I kind of appreciate that. Um, but, uh, I, I, the, the, like I, on both sides of it, like I, I, I think that that's exactly what Bo-Katan would do because she's going to. She was hanging out with with uh, with what's his face pre pre Vizsla for a long mm-hmm. time. She's gonna yeah. do what it takes to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a Mandalorian, so she's gonna be tenacious. But Obi Wan's not gonna be uh, intimidated or or uh, uh, pushed into into um, making a decision that goes against against his personal code and the Jedi code. So yeah. Uh, it's spot on for him. So there's one other thing too, Mike, that kind of kind of jumped out at me on this particular when Anakin's talking with Ahsoka and meeting with her. Once, first of all, when she exits the ship, you have the Force theme that was playing for a brief moment there. Again, bringing in those classic themes that I love. But he, you know, it's it's it's. I think he was talking to Obi Wan. He he suggests that it's the. I'm I'm thinking that he's talking about the Force is what is in play causing Ahsoka yeah. to leave. Like, he's like, oh, yeah. you know, maybe it's all me. You know, it's, it's like, oh, that was a crazy, that was kind of an interesting thing for him to say. And it just still, I think he's still haunted by her leaving. Like, he just, 
it's one of those things that I got that a couple times this episode where he just, man, it's really kind of weighs on him on her leaving and, and her well-being. So I just wanted to kind of mention that and just see if you kind of noticed that particular thing between Anakin and, and Ahsoka about her leaving, you know, how he feels about that, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. That That's exactly how I read that as well. Mm-hmm was that it was totally like uh like him trying to justify it and he's like no no this is why all that happened it was mm-hmm. it was just it was to put her in this spot so that we could take down Maul. it was meant to be this is because i think in his mind he's still trying to figure out how do how do i get ahsoka back mm-hmm. into the jedi order right um yeah but obviously definitely. that's not the way that that things are gonna go yeah. Well, and also Bo-Katan, she's also there. And basically her, her motivation here is that she, she wants to capture them all because she, well, first of all, she doesn't have the numbers, so she's coming to the Republic for help. It's kind of one of those, let's join forces. She gets, you know, she'll get Mandalore back and they get Maul and uh, everything will be fine. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at now with this one. Uh, you yeah. want to continue with the next one? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, meanwhile, Anakin and Ahsoka walk the corridors of the ship. As they do, the clones salute Ahsoka. It's a sign of respect, Anakin tells her. They finally arrive in the barracks of the 501st to find an entire company, Rex included, waiting with helmets decorated in her image. Anakin starts to present Ahsoka with a gift when suddenly alarms sound. That was, uh, again, we kind of saw this in the previews and but still a really emotional, um, fantastic scene. And just like he says, you know, these clones are so loyal. And it just makes that, you know, Order 66 one just, you know, hit even yeah. harder. But how, how you know, they talk, Annika talks about how, you know, they painted their helmets and everything. And you can just see she's just like, oh, man, this is, this is kind of overwhelms her for a second. And I thought the coolest thing, too, was. Anakin has a gift for her, and for a minute there, I'm thinking, you know, then they, then something happens. Like, oh, man, those have to be lightsabers, right? And I thought we were going to go away from that, but not so fast. So he actually does get to, to present those. Uh, you want me to keep going, Mike? Yeah, let's, let's yeah. Let's uh, Obi-Wan uh, races into the room. Uh, they're jumping to hyperspace immediately. Do not, uh, only not to Mandalore, but instead Coruscant. As the ter- Separatists have attacked the capital. Even though this matter is grave, Ahsoka is incredulous and cannot believe they won't help her. This is why the people have lost faith in the Jedi, she says. So that was a bit, pretty big moment there, too. Um, and this is where we get, you know, we always wondered, we kind of speculated, like, how is this going to happen? How are they going to pull Anakin and Obi-Wan away from this siege of Mandalore? And here you go right here. It's it's happening. Revenge of the Sith is happening right at this moment. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I go ahead, Mike. Any, any thoughts or you want? No, yeah. I just I I really like the way that they played the tension between the two of them, between mm-hmm. Obi Wan and Ahsoka, um, and Anakin kind of trying trying to to kind of peacemake a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, right. Because obviously Ahsoka still feels betrayed by the Jedi Council, mm-hmm. um, and sure. uh, I I just thought that was fantastic. I I like that. Um, it's still fresh. It's still raw. And she's not, she doesn't get upset. It's just like in the middle of their conversations about this, there's the one part where she, she says something to him and he's like, that's not fair. And she turns to him and looks, looks him right in the eye and goes, I'm not trying to be fair. Right. (laughs) And it's, it's sort of like, like I, I, there's this element where I think that Ahsoka has realized 
that the that the Jedi Order um, is problematic, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And right. she's just not putting up with it anymore. She doesn't have to, right? She's not part of the Order. The code and their their uh, uh, their methods don't don't matter. And it's not that they don't matter. Obviously, like the Jedi code is still important to her, but the the rigidity, right? Um, in fact, I I would imagine that in Obi Wan's head, uh, he's a little bit like he feels like he's he's standing in the room with qui-gon again Mm. (laughs) right especially if you've if you've read master and apprentice then you know that the two of them i i didn't always see eye to eye and didn't always have the best relationship and that exchange between uh uh, him and ahsoka that it's exactly the sort of exchange that 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 he would have had with qui-gon of the jedi council says that we need to do this that we serve the republic we serve the chancellor all of that stuff like it's that's 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 what we do and uh and qui-gon sort of had, taking the 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 angle of don't we serve the force isn't that our first priority shouldn't that be like shouldn't like don't worry about the 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 regulations like quiet your mind and like is this the right thing to do and the most interesting part of that is that Ahsoka is right. She's mm. 100% correct. Yeah. It's like, why are you running off? Well, we got to protect the capital. Why? Yeah. Because it's the capital? Okay. <laughs> yeah. How is that any more pressing than Mandalore? Mandalore needs all of us. It need, needs, needs you two. Like, it needs us. Uh, the capital, like... There, there are other Jedi there to defend it. And it's... She's kind of calling... Obi-Wan out for a little bit of hubris, a little bit of pride of like, so you and Anakin are going to run in there to do what exactly? Save the chancellor, Uh which is exactly what they do. Right. And (laughs) it's like, she's really, she has, I, I moved beyond, I think where Anakin and Obi-Wan are and, and she still has some learning to do. I'm not saying that she's like more powerful or wiser, but, but she has definitely moved past the, the rigidity that, that Obi-Wan um, functions with mm-hmm. and into a much more um, open and a much more, uh, especially after the events of the previous arc yeah. um, uh, mindset, just, just where it's, it's, it's not always black and white. It's not always clear. Um, and certainly uh, policies shouldn't dictate morality. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I love that. I love that, th- that all of that is, does anybody ever say it? No, no one ever says that, but is it all right there on the screen in the performances? A hundred percent that she's just done with the Jedi order. Like she, has had some time to reflect on it. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, it's like a breakup and then seeing that person again and talking to them and being like, this was probably for the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And I think that's where Ahsoka is at right now is where she's like, I'm not coming back to the Jedi. And 
you've got on the on the two sides of it you've got obi-wan who's like fine don't come back to the jedi then and you've got anakin going well well hold on wait a second <laughs> let's talk about this yeah um and that's that's uh obi-wan's lack of attachment actually uh is a is a fault right mm-hmm. um and it's a lesson that he learns late and then you see uh i and and hopefully with the Kenobi series we'll see even more of it. The um making up for that, the atonement for that is to watch over Luke. Right? He didn't he didn't care enough about Anakin in that specific way. Um in order to protect him, in order to do what was right for Anakin, and he allowed Palpatine to manipulate Anakin. So his his penance is to to guard his son. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, and then on the flip side of it, Anakin, we know, is way too attached. Right. His his personal feelings get in the way of uh, both like the clarity of his mind as well as his his duty to the Jedi Order and the Republic. So it's 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 uh, they're they're They are flip sides of the same coin. Right. Like they're they're yin and yang, light and dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ahsoka is caught in the middle. And and in this instance, really like exemplifies that uh, that that balance. But it is it, it, again. It goes back to the three of them were on Mortis, right? Mm, like there's yeah. a connection between these three characters that's really important. Um, yeah. And then well, yeah. And then it all connecting back into Darth Maul as well. Uh, I mean, yeah. Who knew that Clone Wars would fix? Darth Maul and bring him in as actually probably the second biggest bad guy mm-hmm. in the prequels. Uh, uh, oh yeah, and then through Star Wars Rebels, uh, definitely Rebels, like solidifying oh. him as as one of the key players in the Skywalker saga. Um, yeah. yeah. No, you you talk about Ahsoka real quick, and and yeah, she has that comment about you know people lost faith, and she definitely. Uh, you know the the, the Martez sisters obviously had an impact on her, and that Martez arc was certainly important when when you look back at it now and, yeah. and how she feels the way she feels. So, um, yeah, uh, go ahead, Mike. You want to, is it your turn? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, sure. I, yeah. I, Anakin proposes they divide the five hundred and first with a new division serving under Rex and Tano. Kenobi agrees. Oh, well, we're kind of the, the the recaps. I feel like have been a little bit. They're kind of glossing over a lot of important stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. The important moment here is that Anakin's plan, because Kenobi at first is like, nah, we can't do that. She's not a commander anymore. She's not part of the Grand Army she, of the right. Republic. That part of the she has no yeah. authority here. Yeah. Um, and Anakin stops and goes, well, hold on. What if we promoted Rex to commander? Mm-hmm. And then he could lead the the squad with, uh, with Ahsoka consulting basically right <laughs> and obi-wan yeah. very reluctantly this this the recap this is the official one from starwars.com just says kenobi agrees and anakin finally presents his gift to his former padawan her old lightsabers now with blue blades i uh, which it's like kenobi agrees mm, that's a little bit of a light reading of it <laughs> kenobi reluctantly Seriously, much yeah. to his own chagrin agrees and and just goes you know what we got i don't have time to argue with you guys yeah i uh there's also a there was a mention we we kind of glossed over it there's a mention of shakti that actually connects it into 
the right. micro series. Exactly. Um, yeah. As well as the Revenge of the Sith novelization, but uh, and the deleted scenes uh, from Revenge of the Sith. But uh, I, yeah, uh, well, awesome. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Is is one. Rex is promoted to commander yeah. now. And, and like you said, it's kind of like a trope you've seen like in, in movies where, you know, you have a, a the main character can't do what they you want him to do. So like, how do you, how do you get around that? How do you get around the law or what, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, Oh, she's an advisor. Okay. Yeah. She go on as an advisor, but you're right too about the Shakti thing. That was an interesting thing. Like in the deleted scene, she's killed by Grievous and, and they mentioned it. And I think it's this episode where they say, you know, you know, Shakti is the one that's kind of, um, uh, protecting the chancellor, but yep. then we see in the deleted scene that she's killed, and and obviously in the books and stuff. So Here, I didn't was... actually, I didn't finish this paragraph. Let me finish the last line. Uh, okay. I took, yeah. I took care of them. Anakin says they're good as new, uh, and uh, Ahsoka just kind of winks at, it, like, kind of raises her eyebrow. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. two friends say their goodbyes. I a poignant moment, um, definitely emotional. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, especially because like when we saw Ahsoka leave the order at the end of season five, we thought, well, that's it. The next time she sees Anakin is in star Wars rebels. Now we know that that's not the case. In fact, the last time she sees Anakin is on good terms, um, which, which changes a lot of stuff. Uh, it really changes the context of a lot of things. Um, I think it actually makes Ahsoka's story, I, uh, I, uh, even more heartbreaking when she does finally realize that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker. Oh yeah, sure, um, definitely. I, uh, mm-hmm. it, but it's really interesting for Anakin. I do like that this, this actually frames his mindset going into Revenge of the Sith a lot better. Um, the last time that we see him, presuming that we don't see them again, because I don't think we will, because now it's Revenge of the Sith. I don't think we'll see Anakin and Obi-Wan. I don't think so. Yeah, I think that no. was it for the for the series. Series wrap on, on Anakin yeah. and Obi-Wan. Um, he's very kind of uh, jokey and jovial going into Revenge of the Sith, right? The, the, the rescue of Palpatine is very much... Uh, I mean, like, hey, the next line from Anakin Skywalker in the saga, this is where the fun begins, right? That's <laughs> yeah. the next thing that he says. If yeah. you were watching these chronologically or if you were watching them together, if you intercut them. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second. I, I, so, yeah, I mean, I, I actually really, really like that because it's sort of now when I watch Revenge of the Sith, I know I'm going to watch that scene and go, well, that's why he's in such a good mood. He feels like he just not patched things up, but like he just, he, he doesn't have that thread dangling of, is Ahsoka okay? Mm. Is she like, like, you know, he's going into this like, Ahsoka and Rex are going to go clean up Mandalore. They're going to capture Maul. Like he, in his mind, he's Anakin Skywalker. He's overconfident. He's like my, my Padawan and my commander are going to go do the thing. Right. Cause he doesn't know what's coming. Uh, and, uh, and then he's like, yeah, me and Obi-Wan are going to, we're going to rescue the chancellor and we're going to save the day. Just like we always do. Um, so like that's, that's what's all in his head. Um, 
and uh, and to me it's like that's kind of that's kind of perfect because it sets him up to really not see what's coming mm-hmm. um, and yeah. Uh, yeah man it's Ooh. it's gonna be really fun after this arc is finished on May the 4th to watch Revenge of the Sith Oh yeah, uh, which definitely. I think as soon as I finish watching the last episode, I will probably watch Revenge Jump of the Sith. Yeah, um, just to yeah. kind of get that context. That would be a cool thing to do. And, and you're right that that last scene between them uh, really touching. And and it's funny too, like he, you know he, he changes the blades to, you know, or he says he you know he kind of made some modifications to her lightsabers, and she turns them on, and they're they're blue, and and she kind of smiles at him. You know, it's it's just. Really cool. And then he splits up the – obviously split up the 501st, so half go with her. And I'm assuming the rest stay with him and then ultimately uh, uh, you know, storm the Jedi Temple later on in Revenge of the Sith. So uh, on the way to Mandalore, Prime Minister Almac contacts the Republic and Bo-Katan won't bow to him. We know your Maul's puppet, she says, and we're coming for him. Almec readies his forces, informing Gar Saxon to prepare for an attack. So, yeah, I mean, some cool yeah. visuals as the clones and the Mandos, they arrive on Mandalore. And, you know, Bo, here's Bo-Katan telling, man, we're coming for you. And Gar Saxon is back, a younger Gar Saxon. And i tell you what, man, the animation on, on this is like we haven't mentioned it yet on this particular episode. But, man, it really jumped out to me when I saw Gar. It's like, man, he just – it's getting so close to like – you know, just seeing something out of, you know, the prequel trilogy, it's just, the animation is, is just on point right now. It's just fantastic. So I just wanted to mention that, but yeah, you, you kind of chuckle with, uh, hearing, um, uh, standby here. Sorry about that. Uh, you kind of chuckle with hearing uh, about Gar Saxon. You have any yeah. thoughts on him? Mike? Uh, just awesome. I mean, obviously there's a lot of connections into star Wars rebels right here. Um, uh, and th- this arc is, is, is inherently going to be connected because of Ahsoka and Rex and the Mandalorians um, and Maul, but, but unexpected (laughs) to say the least, but it's one of those things where I'm watching the episode and, and Olmec turns and, and addresses uh, Gar Saxon. And I'm like, of course it's, it's one of those things where it's like, until you re- until it's happening you it you don't even think about it and then you realize like how could this happen without gar saxon being a, a a part of it right like he is he he kind of exemplifies the the uh the the connection between the empire and the mandalorians like this is this is where that starts mm-hmm. um so yeah, I mean we're just we're setting up so much stuff. It's it's fantastic, um, and then there, we also we get another uh, another Mandalorian introduced here. I don't know if they they called her out by name. Yeah, but uh, Rook, yeah. I think it was. I think it's Rook. Yeah. I uh, and and that character is voiced by Vanessa Marshall, who also plays. Oh, is it? Uh, Hera. I, I'm oh, pretty cool. sure. Yeah, I'll double check that. Um, just because I don't want to. I don't want to be wrong about that but uh i yeah i and hey i when you saw rook from behind did you not Mm. did you not like go is that sabine that doesn't make any sense (laughs) yeah for just a quick second you're like wait a minute yeah Yeah. because like just the body the posture and the hair it was like wait a second um, and I and I honestly feel that is the closest you're gonna get to an official 
uh, uh, Sabine in uh, in the Clone War, like in the in the style of the Clone Wars. Um, yeah, Vanessa Marshall is Rook cast. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but she was introduced in the comics, correct? Uh, I think so. I yeah, I think yeah. that that's an existing character. I uh, and then actually Donald Faison was the voice of the tactical droid. Wow, which is fun because <laughs> we, last week we had, um, we had was it last? We had Bobby Moynihan. Right, he was what a couple episodes showed up at the beginning of the 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 um the Martez arc. Yeah, the Martez arc. It was no, it was um it was what's his face? I I I uh, uh big head <laughs> from Silicon Valley. Um Oh yeah, you would mention that. But no Bobby Moynihan was in this too. Uh 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 Oh man, IMDb, you're you're letting me down here. Um, man, who was it that was in light? Dang, it's not there. Anyways, it doesn't matter. He was just a the one of the dock workers was the guy that voices what's his face. Um, I've forgotten all the character names from Resistance already. Yeah, what's his friend? Niku. There you go. Niku. I had, I had to like think of Kaz saying his name. Yeah, <laughs> and then Josh. I heard, his name is Josh something. I can't remember. Josh last Brenner. Name. Thank you. There, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Josh there we go. We got there. We did it. Yeah. Teamwork. <laughs> Between us, we got it. Teamwork. Between um, the two of us, we're at least one knowledgeable Star Wars fan. <laughs> Dude, have we forgotten uh, uh, Resistance already? Jeez. One of the main uh, characters in Star Wars Resistance. I can't even remember his name. Oh, Anyways. boy. Anyway. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> uh, where are we? Uh, the the, the right. clash begins. Here it is. This is where... Look, everything in this episode has been great up until this point. This is where... The fun begins. Uh, the clash begins. Republic gunships and Mandalorians soar through the air in battle, while Ahsoka leaps from ship to ship, taking out enemy forces on the way to the surface. The Republic and Bo-Katan's Mandalorians start their ground assault, driving Almec's warriors inward. So there's a moment here when when Bo-Katan and her and her crew start launching out of the um, gunships, uh, yeah. launching out of the gunships, and yeah. I'm going like, oh. Ooh, are we gonna get to see Ahsoka with a jetpack? And then we immediately address it. And I'll guarantee—I guarantee you—I know why she doesn't have a jetpack. Her head tails get in the way. Mm. So they—they they, rather than worry about that, I guarantee you they had a conversation where That's Dave was funny. just like, "She's a Jedi. Just let her jump from ship to ship. She'll get down yeah. to the ground on her own." She doesn't do it, Anakin. It's kind of and Anakin then they did. write it into the episode and. Uh, and and it's great because because Rex turns and is like, oh, I guess I should have gotten you a jetpack, <laughs> and she's like, no, it's fine, I'll find my own way. See you down yeah. there, and she yeah. just destroys. And the music here syncs up with the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. Oh yes, which right. is our signal that this is happening at the exact same That's time indeed. that Anakin and Obi Wan arrive at Coruscant to rescue the Chancellor. Yeah, yeah. I get, I get tinglys. I get tinglys just talking about it. It is so cool that they did this. Um, Dave Filoni talked about it on the Clone Wars download today. That I, uh, I guess maybe yesterday, that I. Uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan's story, as much as the Clone Wars are definitely about them, it's not their story. 
Their story concludes in Revenge of the Sith. We don't need to see it. We know it. We already know right. what happens. It doesn't. Right. We don't need to rehash it. We don't need to revisit it. Um, but the but the true main characters of the Clone Wars are Captain Rex and Ahsoka Tano, mm-hmm. and here we are with them seeing where they are at the beginning of that movie, and that is so cool. It's so mm-hmm. meaningful. Um, and it just kind of shows that I think Dave Filoni really cherishes these characters. And we've been hearing the rumors that apparently George, uh, has been watching these episodes and, right. and sending, uh, nice messages to Dave Filoni. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and he really likes it. Uh, and these characters are, are precious to, to George as well. Um, oh yeah, definitely. I, I mean, Ahsoka was his idea. You know, mm-hmm. let's give Anakin a Padawan and it's a young girl. Um, those are those are ideas that came directly from the maker himself. So I it's so important that we get to see this. And then on top of it, it's just so well done. It's yeah. so good. Um, yeah, man, I can't I can't imagine how they're going to top that moment uh, in the rest of this arc. But at the same time, I can't imagine it. But I don't doubt that they will. The yeah. fight between Maul and Ahsoka is probably going to be one of the things. Uh, yeah, but yeah. like, how are you going to do something in a lightsaber fight that we haven't already seen? Yeah. Right, that right. said, just because I can't imagine it doesn't mean it's not going to happen, right? Insane. Um, Hopefully, we'll be surprised. And you're I right. You know, them. I trust them. Uh, yeah, you know, Ahsoka doing her thing, and and it's funny too. Like you talk about Rex and and him talking to her, and and she even says it. You know. I'll race you to the surface and he kind of smiles and laughs at her you know it's like you know that's that's typical Ahsoka you know kind of obviously trained by Anakin uh coming through to her and and obviously she hasn't lost a step as a warrior I mean she's bouncing around using the force ship to ship kind of like Anakin did in, in Attack of the Clones where he just kind of bails and you know he'll, he'll figure out a way but yeah definitely uh hasn't lost a step at all so it was fun to watch her kind of tear things up uh and then I'll keep going here the battle is going well, but there's still no sign of Maul, and they cannot let him escape if he's on Mandalore. Finally, Rex receives word that some of his troops may have found something. Deep in Mandalore's undercity, Captain Vaughn says that Gar Saxon disappeared into the tunnels. Let's move in, Ahsoka says. Uh, go ahead, Mike. You want to keep going? Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Bo-Katan reaches the throne room. With expert skill, she quickly defeats Almec, demanding to know the location of Maul. He wanted you to bring the Jedi here, Almec says, but you brought the wrong one. Bo-Katan immediately contacts Ahsoka, trying to tell her that she's walking into a trap, but Tano is too deep underground. Let's just close it out. Let's just let's just finish it out, and we'll talk about everything. Maul's loyal Mandalorians track Ahsoka and the clones in the tunnels before finally launching a surprise attack. One by one, they pick off the soldiers, leaving Tano alone and ultimately surrounded. Then she hears the uh, cold clack of metallic footsteps. It is Maul. I was hoping for Kenobi, he says coldly. Why are you here? So, like, uh, he appears, Mike, kind of like he did out of uh, out of um, Phantom Menace. Kind of just out of the out of the shadows. Here he is again, Maul, um, setting up this major cliffhanger. He's thinking it's Kenobi. It's not. His plan is not going the way he thought it was going to go. But, man, this is setting up for 
obviously a major, major showdown. So I don't know. What do you think of this ending here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of all of this, the, 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 the reveal that it's basically all a trap, um, as, I, I Bo-Katan reaches the throne room and, um, secures that, that part of the battle. Um, uh, here we thought, I thought like going into this, okay, this is going to be the whole arc, right? Is, mm-hmm. is getting to Maul, getting, getting to, to, to the throne and, and, and restoring Mandalore. And it, it turns out actually, no, the, the Bo-Katan's Mandalorians are, are <laughs> more than capable of taking back the capital. Um, but, but Maul is going to be a bit slipperier. A little bit more slippery, um, and and that's exactly what we get here. He's but he's uh, he's kind of a, a couple steps ahead of them, and uh, uh, not too happy that his uh, his BFF isn't here to meet him. <laughs> yeah, that's all he wants, man. He wants that BFF, man. He can't yeah. wait to get this thing going. So, man, yeah, like I said, huge, you know, just just a major cliffhanger and really setting up for some something special, I think. And, and we're going to get that next week with, and, and it, true to form, I haven't really looked at what's going on next week, but we'll talk about it in a minute before. And, and you know, it's funny, Mike, about the the notifications we got on this particular episode. It just kind of shows you like what really kind of I don't know motivates people to to write in when they get these stories like this. You, you know, you have a good episode when you get a lot of um, you know, people you know writing in and saying, "Wow, this is a great episode," or things they liked. And we got quite a few today. You want to start? Yeah, let's uh, let's read a couple of these Facebook uh, messages. Uh, Miller Wilkinson writes, "Anakin and Ahsoka." Oh, so sorry, I asked people what their favorite moments were from from this final episode. Uh, and and Miller Wilkinson said, "Anakin and Ahsoka saying goodbye. We know that's the last time they see each other before he becomes Vader. So it was nice that they had that moment." Um, and then friend of the show, Joe Hogan, uh, wrote and said, all of it. It felt like new George Lucas Star Wars, and I loved it. Maybe it was the animation. Maybe it was the fact that it was leading directly into Revenge of the Sith from the opening newsreel. But it just felt like it was really part of the prequels. If I had to narrow down to one moment, I think it was Ahsoka's race to the surface. Mm. Uh, can't argue with that. <laughs> um and then uh, uh, Tim Dipple at TD Gamer over on Twitter actually uh, replied with three tweets. Uh, how, how do you even pick one? That episode was incredible. The relationships better developed than anything in any trilogy. The action was amazing. Some incredible Mandalorian costumes. The Ahsoka Division, Commander Rex, and the action was amazing. This might have been the best Clone Wars episode ever. No, I take that back. <laughs> that half hour episode might be the greatest piece of Star Wars canon ever released. It is definitely in contention for me. So Tim, obviously a very big fan. Yeah. Well, you know, like that makes me think of you actually put a poll out on Twitter. Yeah. Asking people. And, and you know, it was kind of overwhelmingly like everybody loved this episode. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah, so it was kind of funny to see that. It's uh, it was uh, just FYI. That was mostly as a joke. I did. I don't right, really sure, care. sure. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, what I asked was what's the better episode nine, uh, the Rise of Skywalker or uh, Old Friends Not Forgotten, <laughs> which is the ninth yeah. episode of season seven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I, I I Daniel wrote in to our email 
and said, uh, hey, Mike and Matt, so excited about seeing these final episodes of The Clone Wars. I'm connecting with this final season in a way I hadn't the original run. Those were good, but I think these final arcs have been a bit more, sorry, have a bit more maturity, which I've come to appreciate. Just wanted to run a few observations by you for this episode and get your take. Uh, I think there are two call- were two callbacks to the old Clone Wars micro-series. At the start of the a- a episode, a bunch of invisible hand-class separatists were- ships were shown. In Revenge of the Sith, we only got to see one of those, Grievous's flagship. But in the micro-series, that style of ship was the only one we saw on the separatist side. Uh, the other callback was the mention of Shakti. We talked about that. Mm, yeah. uh, I know she was in a deleted scene of Revenge of the Sith, but her mention in this episode better fits with the events of the earlier cartoon. Um, I realize that nearly every main character we're likely to see in this arc survives. Not just Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka, of course, but also Rex and Maul. Even minor characters like Bo-Katan, Ursa Ren, and even Gar Saxon. It'll be interesting to see how, this, how the show conveys drama and danger with these characters when we know none are really in jeopardy. Uh, and I honestly, I think that, that, that to that point, Order 66, mm-hmm. um, whether or not those characters die, Rex, whatever happens with him, we know he's going to survive. So we know he'll be okay. Yeah. It will still be heartbreaking if he turns to shoot Ahsoka. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, and whatever Ahsoka has to do in order to deal with that. Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, one last point. Assuming we saw the very last time Ahsoka and Anakin are together, I was kind of hoping for a better connection with their reunion in Rebels through dialogue, visually or thematically. It would have been nice to see a bridge there between those two moments. Looking forward to your review of this and all remaining episodes of the series. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that it was as important for it to connect into that moment in Star Wars Rebels as it was to set up what's going to happen in Revenge of the Sith. Sith, I think that that was the priority. Mm. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, and he talks about, and this is something, Daniel talks about something that I had mentioned um, finding out about this arc and and leading up to this arc was, you know, like like he says, we know what's going to happen to all these characters, and it's just how do you how do you keep that drama? And like he says, you know, the excitement of this. And I, and, and to be honest, like this first episode, um, it did, it did some of that stuff, especially with just the connections that he made with Anakin and Ahsoka and, and seeing how they, how they feed off each other and their connection. Uh, also Rex and Ahsoka and stuff like that. And, and Anakin and Obi-Wan, that's the stuff that's really, you know, as far as this first episode, it's really intriguing. And like I said, even though I know it's still a great episode and had great action. So they're doing it so far. And like you said, Mike, depends on what happens like with Rex. How does he go? What happens with him? And Order 66 is the big one, too, Yeah, uh, to see that play out. So definitely some some great stuff. Thank you guys all for uh, writing in. We always love just getting some information because – I'm no expert. I rely on, on Mike and a lot of you guys a lot of times to, to, to write in and, and tell us what you think. So Daniel and, and Tim and obviously Joe and, and Miller, thank you guys for, uh, for writing in. Yeah, absolutely. That's it, Maga. Uh, yeah, that's it for this week. But next week's episode, I love this title, uh, <laughs> The Phantom Apprentice. Wow. Ahsoka leads Republic clones to confront Maul's forces on Mandalore. While Maul senses the impending chaos and makes a calculated play to ensure his own survival in The Phantom Apprentice, an all-new episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars, this Friday, April 24th on Disney+. Plus. Uh, yeah, I love mm. that title. That title's yeah. so good because it, 
it's not just man here we go star wars is so good (laughs) they are both apprentices who were betrayed by their order yeah both ahsoka and maul Ahsoka, like, they turned on her. The council turned on her and was ready to basically sentence her to to whatever. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and watch it. But um, they found her guilty, essentially. Um, handed her over to the Republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Maul, uh, when he was presumably cut in half, like, Palpatine didn't even attempt to recover the body. Right, like he just didn't care. Right, uh, he just immediately replaced Maul and continued with his plans. I uh, yeah, they're both. They are both. Mm-hmm. They've both been betrayed. Uh, they're they're both the Phantom Apprentice. It's not <laughs> just Maul. Obviously, it's really easy to say, "Oh, the Phantom Menace is Palpatine. The Phantom Apprentice." is Maul, Maul right. but yeah, they're both apprentices. Mm. Uh, man, that's awesome. That's such a great title. Good job, Dave Filoni. Oh, I know. Definitely. Um, this is, this is make you think that this might be the last time we see Maul or no, maybe, maybe it kind of depends, trip, right? Huh? Cause if order yeah. 66 happens towards the end of this episode, Maul might use that as his opportunity to get away. Mm-hmm. And then the last two episodes will be about Ahsoka getting away from the clones the clones yeah i whoa hopefully with rex in tow yeah um, Woo, good stuff awesome yeah awesome That's episode it. a great start to the siege of oh, mandalore yeah. um thank you guys so much for writing in for everybody who uh who who shared their thoughts on this episode uh and supports us and all that sort of stuff of course uh you can stay up to date with all the latest star wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and on Twitter and Instagram at rebelcells. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. You can follow Matt at the crankster. That's crankster with a K. Mm. Uh, you guys know we're part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. And if you like what you hear, you can support us in three ways. First, by going to your podcast service of choice and leaving a rating and review so that other people can find us and know that we are the best Star Wars animation podcast around uh, uh, with uh, two hosts named Mike and Matt. Um, <laughs> I like that. Uh, and uh, the other ways are by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merchandise. Uh, and last but not least, by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack to chip in with your monthly pledge of support uh, and getting some cool rewards in the process. Uh, that is it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much. We will be back next week for The Phantom Apprentice. <laughs>